going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Bitcast, episode 54. I'll be your host today, Ainsley Bowden, and with me as usual, Bert Sines and Dan Rodriguez. Today we have a packed show for you. Lots of next-gen rumors heating up. Sony sparking the conversation this week. We had an inside Xbox. Uh, Notre Dame caught on fire, and video games are coming to the rescue. We've got Castlevania, we've got Joker, we've got Witcher, we've got all kinds of stuff for you. Along with a review of Sekiro, I finally finished the game completely, I want to talk about that a little bit. And then later on we'll obviously get to name that game. But first guys, why don't we start with uh, Sony and the PlayStation 5. So, kind of out of nowhere this week, um, they released, uh, Wired released an article with Mark Cerny talking about some of the hardware configurations or things we can expect from a hardware perspective out of the PlayStation 5. And um, I've said before this is kind of what was expected but more along what was hoped. So some much more advanced hardware here than what we have out of the Xbox One X and PS4 Pro today. Um, so next, more next generation um, AMD CPU and GPU. We have a standard SSD and they mentioned, you know, buzzwords. I don't know why they mentioned them, but they mentioned buzzwords like 8K and ray tracing, which is very, very far advanced and likely not going to be something we talk about much after this. Um, but anyway, pretty interesting to see Sony kick off the next generation conversation. And uh, got a lot of people excited about what we're going to see out of next gen, especially thinking that these consoles should be here next year. Yeah, man, I'm ready for it. Um it kind of surprised me too. I mean, I kind of woke up and like all of a sudden my Twitter feed was full of 8K and ray tracing and you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what really ray tracing is. That has something to do with lighting maybe. I, I don't know. No idea. Here's the thing. I'm old. I want, to, I want it to look good on my TV, you know, whatever that is. I want it to play pretty seamlessly. Um, the load time issue with an SSD would be awesome. I hope both consoles go to that um, and have that as a standard. Um, but it's going to make it expensive for sure. Um, and at least what it is for the X right now, probably a little bit more. Um, I just hope they don't price it out of um, the range. I know, at least with Sony, I don't know if this is just the high-end model, if they're just doing one SKU or if they're doing you know, multiple ones. I mean, all we've heard about is this one, so I'm just going to go with that. Um, I'm ready for it. Uh, I think it's about time to get some new, uh, some new hardware. Um, it's been what? Gosh, I don't even know how long it's been. What, ten years longer? Maybe. Uh, Twenty thirteen was when PS Four and Xbox oh, One originally years? launched. So six years? I don't even know. It, it'll be seven years, years by the time years. they okay, potentially launch. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm ready for some new stuff. It's always great. I love seeing. I love seeing our, our hobby advance. Um, it's always an exciting time for everybody, um, but it also brings with it those pitfalls of, you know, social media and crazy people that <laughs> love their consoles. But uh, as far as we're concerned, I, I know we're all pretty excited for it. Yeah, as, as Ains always jokes about, you know, we're, we're absolute nerds when it comes to new tech and new hardware that is coming out. So very excited to see some of this. It's a little earlier than I expected to get details, which is, was definitely a surprise. As Dan mentioned, I woke up and there was even some people saying, you know, what's, what's communication look like from Sony this year? And I hadn't heard the announcement yet or even read about it. So I was like, what are you guys talking about? The last communication was a bunch of trailers for 20 minutes. So I don't know what you guys are talking about. And I saw this and... Uh, a little surprised about everything. I mean, I think the the big keywords Ains was talking about is the 8K and ray tracing. So ray tracing is already available for PC, but you have to have a really strong machine to see that. And I do not anticipate 8K gaming um, as far as native 8K for a very long time. 8K TVs are out technically, but they're like $20,000. And uh, they're, <laughs> they're the first generation of that technology. Um, and they're not even as good as they're going to be five, ten years from now. So I think we're trying to see Sony and Microsoft future-proof themselves for the next ten years or so. And they're going to be there. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see a mid-generation refresh or upgrade, kind of like we saw from the Pro and the X. So still very early on. Well, it'll be interesting to see what that actually means at launch. We're not going to be seeing 8K gaming at 60 frames per second at launch, so don't expect that. But it is cool to see some hardware. You got to kind of take into effect of what AMD and NVIDIA and all these video card makers are currently making now and what we kind of see them happening to do in the next generation of those cards. So 
Uh, Digital Foundry does a really good video on it to kind of explain what's out now and just what's the next step. And those are going to be a nice machine at launch, and then they need to be future-proof going forward, like I mentioned. So cool. Uh, we'll see more when it comes out. I'm more interested in the price. I'm more interested in what the controller is going to look like. I mean, we have an idea of what the games look like today on high-end PCs. So very cool to see. Yeah, um, one point there you made at the end, which uh, I hadn't considered, is we've been talking a lot about um, aftermarket controllers for the PS4 lately, and we've experimented with them all. I'm currently using currently using the Scuff. Dan, you're currently using the new Astro. And, uh, you know, I'm just starting to hope we're getting to that time period where you have all these accessories and controllers and stuff for the current consoles and you get to a next generation and they kind of all go out the window. So I'm hoping that there's a better solution this time around where I can continue using my scuff on the PS5, but we'll see. Yeah, that's been one Uh, of the, Ains, really quick, that's been one of scuff and Astro's biggest criticisms is like you waited so long for the end of the generation and you're charging two to 250 uh, for these controllers, I mean, are we going to use those for another year and that's it? I mean, what's what's the question here? What's what's the the solution for that kind of stuff? So hopefully they they last longer in some form. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and then of course, um, you know, as soon as this information came out, a whole lot of buzz around what Xbox is going to do came out. Um, you know, what we know right now is not a whole lot. All we've heard from some uh, from some sources. <laughs> try to say that without laughing at the time being. Um, <clears throat> is that um you know xbox has the anaconda code name uh that is going to be shown at e3 in some form or talked about in some form and that yes it will be more advanced than the playstation 5 and we don't really care about the whole back and forth or the the conversation between the two guys i know what has me really excited and probably you too as well is the fact that if ps5 is going to use this type of hardware um, and be as advanced as they're talking here and the anaconda is going to be even more advanced than that all that means is that next year, when these launch, um, it's going to be a fantastic time to be a gamer. And uh, I don't know, really, really excited about this. I, I've said it before, I love when new hardware is coming out. I just get, I'm like, kid at Christmas. Yeah, I think we've all been speculating about the buzz of next generation for a while now. So we have Sony kind of out of the gate first, and they've mentioned what they're going to have. So that buzz is there. Now the ball is in Microsoft's court to top them, even from a messaging standpoint. Uh, we'll see what the video looks like. I bet you it's going to be kind of like what the X was when they first announced it. It's just going to be a quick scrolling of maybe the motherboard or something, maybe a here it comes in 2020, 2021, whenever they decide to do that, and then they'll throw some specs out there, and that'll be what's on fire. I, I don't see this coming in the fall. It's nearly impossible. Yeah, yeah. no, it'll yeah. definitely be next year. Sorry, I mean, Dan, go ahead. No, you know, really quick, I mean, another thing, for guys like me who are mostly digital, backwards compatibility, we didn't talk about it's yeah huge for me yeah, yeah. you know i mean that's that yep. means i can just take my hard drive right now as it is plug it hopefully into the new console um and play god of war you know on my next gen next gen console for the playstation that's huge and i know a lot of playstation fans have been asking for that i know just a lot of fans in general have been asking for that i know it might be you know more difficult with the ps3 because of how the hardware worked i wasn't you know i'm not technically savvy about all that but from what i understand it was kind of a a mess i didn't have a ps3 but still it was. being able to play yeah, my yeah i'm just being able to play the my, my what i have now and just moving straight over huge huge for me yeah that was one of the cool things about the x is you could literally take your your hard drive out of your one s or your just your xbox one and plug it to the x and then you could start playing as if nothing happened so that was really yep. cool yep and uh yeah i didn't didn't even think to mention it. I think it's because we all expected it, right? I mean, it would have been ridiculous for Sony to go into the PS5 generation and say your PS4 stuff doesn't work when 100 million people have PS4s. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I've seen so, dumber things. <clears throat> well, yeah, we have seen dumber things, but luckily I think we've evolved past some of those at least. But anyway, we'll be talking a lot more, obviously, in the coming months about next gen. And uh, obviously with E3 approaching, um, all kinds of things will start to happen. So we'll see. Um, this week we also had an inside Xbox, no real big announcements here, but I figured we'd just touch on a few things, guys. So we did get the, uh, final kind of confirmation of the all digital Xbox One S, um, comes out May 7th and it's gotten quite a bit of flack for a couple of reasons. One, the standard retail price is 249, which is higher than I think a lot of people thought it should be. They were thinking more 199. On top of that, it really is just an S with the disk drive removed, um, quite literally. It's the same casing, the internals are the same, 
Um, and so people are just thinking, you know, why, why would you buy this when you can really, like Dan said, you know, he's 100% digital now. Um, this just seems like uh, it didn't really hit the mark. They also unveiled a Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which includes uh, the gold subscription and your Game Pass subscription into one fee for $14.99 a month. Again, uh, a little surprised by this one. I expected that if you were going to offer this in a monthly combined or an annual thing, uh, it would have been a little cheaper. Really, this just takes both subscriptions and makes it one instead of two. You know, you're not really saving anything. A um, couple good things, though, is that uh, Rod Ferguson was on, head of the Coalition, uh, talking about Gears and all the things going on with that franchise, and he let loose that Gears 5 multiplayer, one thing that uh, Bert and I love and have played for years and years and years, uh, will be shown on June 14th. So keep in mind that's directly after the week of E3. Um, that's an with their date. E-League. That's I'm sorry? Date. That's an important date. I'm missing something. That's my, that's my, that's my birthday. Oh, it's your birthday. That's right. Oh, yeah. that's right. I forgot I called Rod and told him to put Gears 5 multiplayer on your birthday. That's, it yeah, just it slipped my mind. I have a Burt, yeah. Burt skin, actually, in the game. <laughs> <laughs> they already had one called the Luchador in yeah. Gears 4. I don't know if you saw it. Um, I, do, I do have a lookalike in Call of Duty, so bring it on. He does have a lookalike in Call of Duty. This is yeah, true. Yeah. Um, but on... on on that day, they're doing a pro tournament, the first ever tournament of Gears 5 um, on TBS. So that's going to be really cool. And then uh, they also announced backwards compatibility. We were just talking about it. Expanded further in uh, three new Splinter Cell games. Ninja Gaiden 2 or Gaiden 2 and Fable 2 and 3 were all added to backwards compatibility and Xbox One X Enhanced. So uh, kind of let down on the Game Pass combo and digital Xbox, but really cool stuff on the game side. So uh, what do you guys think about these things? Um, so I want to mention really quick here, um, I think it's a good idea that they do have an all-digital Xbox coming. I think um, people need to understand what MSRP means and what the actual retail price is going to be at stores. So keep in mind that the One S's MSRP is still $299. They have not dropped that price. And if you go to Best Buy, if you go to Amazon, depending what you're looking at from Amazon as far as like the seller, um, it, it will still show $299 and it'll show on sale for $250. Microsoft did also state that that means that it'll always be cheaper than the one with the disk drive. So do not be surprised if you start seeing the uh, all-digital Xbox for $225, $199, whatever it is. And the thing that uh, kind of upset me the most when it comes to social media is people were talking about Black Friday sales that they got last November for the One S and using that as a baseline for what the cost of an Xbox One S with the 4K drive in it is. And that's not what you should be doing. You need to look at MSRP. That's what Microsoft is supposed to do. What a retailer does is a whole nother story. That's up to them for what they want to sell it for. Cool to see that. My biggest letdown was not the price, but I was kind of hoping that they would have had a one-year bundle of maybe the game uh, game pass and a massive hard drive, and then maybe sell it at a, a 250 or something. And I'm thinking about like a two terabyte or even a four terabyte drive and go with that. Um, I didn't really care about those three titles. You can get those for like five bucks in some places. Sometimes they're a little bit more. Um, but I would have preferred to had a Game Pass subscription with the All Digital to push that. And I was hoping to see a cheaper price on that combination of Gold and Game Pass for the, an entire, entire year, maybe even what it is now, um, but simply uh, for the year. But I don't know. I was, it was another inside Xbox, which wasn't really that exciting. And I think Sony tried to take some steam out of them by those spec announcements before it. But, uh, you know, it's, I'm glad we're hearing something from Microsoft instead of silence. Yeah, I'm with you, Bert. Um, I, I, it kind of shocked me. I really thought it would be around $200. Um, to your point about the games, I think they're all on Game Pass. So No, just... uh, well, Her Her Horizon 3 is not. So that, that's, that's weird for me, too. Which one is it? Horizon 3, Minecraft, and what was the third one, Ains? Um, sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves 4. is. It's, it's, yeah. It's Horizon, it was, 3. It's Horizon 3. Yeah. Really? Okay, that makes yeah. it worse. All right, so I didn't realize that until right now. For some reason, I just saw Forza Horizon. I just assumed no. it was four. Horizon yeah, four is on Game Pass, which right. is yeah. a fantastic game. So you know, <clears> that's kind of Bert's point: is why not just put a year of Game Pass and then you get yeah. all those games and the other ones anyway? Yeah, yeah I said the same thing. You know, it's it's if you're here's the thing. You know, when when Sony came out and announced their PlayStation Five or when the the article dropped from Wired, they're not stupid. They've done this in the past, and they basically you know, jump the gun or trumped usually what, if Microsoft has something coming out, it's like they have like some guy inside like, okay, we got to do it on this date. And 
boom, you know, they'll come out and just say, yeah, we also have this. How awesome is this? Look at us. Woo. And then it kind of overshadows what Microsoft does. Um, and it's happened several times in the past. But, you know, they didn't really help themselves in this situation. Um, when they came out and they said there was 249, I was like, man, that's a huge missed opportunity. You've got to strike when the iron's hot. And you've got to, you know, you're on the right track. And I think an all-digital system, like you said, Bert, is, you know, possibly a, a wave of the future. And But it's literally, I think you guys sent me that thing on, you know, with, with somebody putting some white tape over the disk drive. <laughs> I was like, that's basically it. That's um, hilarious, yeah. It's mm-hmm. freaking hilarious. And, you know, I, I don't get it. You know, I would have jumped at one. Like, you know, like if they sold a, an X, say, with, and like you said, with a bigger hard drive, I mean, I, I don't understand how this whole thing works. If you're going to keep it the same price, increase the size of the hard drive then. You know, not that, you know, disk drives are very much, or like 10 bucks, probably, you can probably get one for. I don't know. But it plays 4K, uh, so maybe a little bit more. I don't know how much the, the drives are, so... They're, they're about crazy. 25 to 50 bucks, depending on, you yeah, know, obviously much. you probably get it cheaper, but you know, that that's, that's the discount, the 50 bucks off. So that's what they took into consideration. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's at, the, it's at the end of its cycle, you know, I mean, that's the problem. You know, we're, we're talking about new uh, consoles coming out, you know, in a year um, or a year and a half. And, you know, you want to throw this out at the end, just like they did kind of with the X, you know, it's a little bit, you know, they threw it out maybe a year or so earlier, but just, it was so deep into the generation to that console hardware. Um, I of course jumped on it and I'm sure we, you know, we all did actually, but you know, we're always pushing, you know, that next envelope. We want the next best thing. This is kind of gamers. We are, um, but not everybody's like that. And I think they could have got a lot more people into their ecosystem, dropping that price 50 bucks because they're not making money on this stuff. They, they, they've said it before where they're not, you know, making a whole lot of you know money on the hardware end. It's in their services. It's in the Game Pass. Give them six months even and just kind of, you know, throw yep. the cheese out there and get them in there. And, you know, for, <laughs> for you know, you, you want to get these people in. That's what they need. They need bodies. They, you know, and that's what Phil Spencer's vision is, is to, you know, reach that many more gamers. And you, you're kind of not necessarily taking a step back, but you're kind of going sideways with this move. Fair enough. If, if, I could, if I could mention one more thing, um, and I don't know if you wanted to make a point on this topic, but did you? Okay. I, I think where they really missed the mark on this one, and I think something that is a total curveball coming from my twisted brain is, I mean, the only thing they did here is create a new shell and remove a drive. Literally, if you take it apart, you can actually see the space. If you had a hard drive chassis, you could plug it in there and everything is still there. There's even, there was some people that did a teardown where the actual uh, ribbon cable where that connects to the eject disc is still present. So there's nothing new that they did there. What I think they should have done is have the 1S all digital and have a 1X all digital. Keep this one at the one terabyte drive, have the 1X at a two terabyte drive, take 75 bucks off both of them, boom, I think they would have done something special here. I think with being in this part of the generation and being so far behind in a console sales point of view, you need to throw something crazy in there for people to jump into it. And as Dan's a perfect example of this, he's all digital. Can you imagine having 75 bucks off MSRP on the 1X with all digital I think you get a lot more people in there that'll have their hands on the X that can look at the hardware and be like, wow, Microsoft has done something special here instead of just continuing to ride what they have. The 1S is at a huge disadvantage from a hardware perspective with games these days. And for people that are on the fence between either a PC or a PS4, they're going to buy PS4 at this point because of where we are in this generation. The 1S is still pushing 900p for some games and even below that. So I think having that 1X would have been a lot better of a of an option there. But I'm not Microsoft. I'm not the expert here. I'm just a person with a crazy opinion. You know what, real quick? And we talk about backwards compatibility, and that's going to keep more people in that ecosystem over at Sony too, right? When they, when they get that new pro, you know, or the new console out, there's no reason for them to jump ship. You know, unless you can throw out, you know, exclusive games we're not even gonna have that conversation but you know you've got to get them in now and before you make that next move and i think they they missed that one i totally agree with you bert i got nothing to add here guys (laughs) 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 you covered you covered pretty much every angle of it so and i agree with 95 percent of it so um (laughs) i think you guys nailed it and um yeah let us know what you think if you have a different opinion 
Otherwise, we're moving on to Ubisoft. Uh, Ubisoft, uh, everyone obviously has seen the kind of, I won't say tragedy, right, but the, the bad, sad news of Notre Dame and, and burning down and uh, a lot of it needing restoration over the next several years probably. Ubisoft is uh, not only donating uh, nearly 600 million euros, which is a crazy amount of money, obviously, but uh, a few years ago when they made Assassin's Creed Unity, they actually took very detailed scans of Notre Dame um, and all of this did all of this 3D modeling of it, and that may actually come in handy to help rebuild it. So kind of really cool news here, guys, to think that um, video games are getting so detailed nowadays and realistic creations that it can help rebuild something that was... Um, they didn't have the blueprints for originally that's so awesome i mean just every aspect of that whole story is actually just feel good you know what i mean especially when you see something like this happen this national landmark um just i remember i was watching it live um actually my wife was in the hospital and i was sitting there on my phone and i was just like and i told her i said hey notre dame's burning down i said i can't believe this is happening and just to see ubisoft jump in there you know as well as you know i mean they raise some crazy amount of money um just in a very very short amount of time you know not just from them ubisoft has you know become one of my favorite publishers out there and this just kind of pushes that even farther that's amazing for them to do yeah amazing for them to do a great company to do something like that um you could also if you're a pc player you can also get unity for free right now um on the uplay store so that's something cool as well just to kind of experience it walk around and i was i was hearing something about it and apparently ubisoft when they were going through developing for this game they got it down all the way down to where art is hanging inside of notre dame so that's kind of crazy even the brick colors in certain areas are different i mean yeah, the, the, the donations thing is an amazing thing as well, but it also cracked me up a little bit because, you know, this amazing historical site's down and they have almost, I think, a billion dollars donated by just super rich people. It's like, wow, if the super rich people can donate to this, what else can they donate to that they are not donating to, you know, from other causes and people all over the world suffering in other places, but good for them. <coughs> Great for the site. Come down my house. It's, um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, Bert, because I was actually going to bring that up and that I saw someone post... Um, Something very similar in that, you know, it's amazing that in 48 hours we can get a billion euros donated to fix Notre Dame. Whereas, you know, you have all these other major world issues that could be solved with a billion euros, you know. In two um, seconds. Two yeah, seconds. I mean, yeah. you're talking about major, major things, millions of lives. Uh, so it is sad when you think about it from that perspective, but... Anyway, um, yeah, I agree with you, Dan, on uh, Ubisoft, and um, they're definitely one of my favorite publishers. They've become one over the past several years. So, But we'll move on to another one of our favorite companies, GameStop. Um, uh, <laughs> what, you, what you did there, I see it. I see it. Um, so GameStop is, <laughs> is offering a new uh, program <clears throat> to try and get more people in, and in a weird direction, buying physical, it seems. Um, so opposite of market trends, go to GameStop, in a guaranteed to love it program. So this is a program where you go in, you buy a new game that's part of the program, and you have 48 hours after release of buying the game to where you can bring it back if you don't like it, and they will give you full value for it in trade-in credit. So you can't return it, but you get you know your $60 or whatever back in trade-in credit. And the first game to be part of this program is Days Gone, which launches as of this recording next Friday. Um, so, I mean, this is still pretty cool, you know, as, as a physical guy, and I, I don't buy a lot from GameStop, but if I do, it's I guess it's cool to have this option. I'm sure this will be a good option for uh, people who still do go to GameStop and buy their games physical. I mean, there still are millions of people who do that. So, I guess, pretty cool, guys. I don't have a whole lot to add here. Um, it's just another option for gamers. Yeah, so is this only if you're a, a pro membership member only, or is this for it, everybody? It didn't, it didn't say that. Hmm. In the, I saw a little press release paper, an internal GameStop document, yeah. and um, I didn't see that on it. I don't know, though. Okay. Well, cool. I mean, it, it, I, I think, uh, funny enough, I think GameStop's the only the company that can kind of get away with offering this because, you know, if they if you return it, they're just going to sell for five bucks off as a pre-owned game anyway. So it's not like they lose much of anything, <laughs> and they get to sell sure. twice. So they get the initial sell, then they get the pre-owned sell. So 
Uh, well, actually, no, they have to return the money, so never mind. They still sell the actual copy um, to the game. So I think this is cool. I, I, I think if you're like a Best Buy or an Amazon buyer or wherever you do, you can't really do that. So do your research on the game. They've only started. Is this with every game or just Days Gone that they're starting it? We don't know that either, right? Well, no, we don't know. It said beginning with Days Gone. So, uh-huh. yeah, we'll see. Okay. I'm well, looking at the document right now um, that I saw leaked. So uh, standard editions only. You have to have the receipt, go figure. Mm-hmm. Um, employees can't use it. Offer valid, standard edition, that's all it says. It doesn't say anything about having to be a pro member. Okay, well, great news there in my opinion. I mean, I think they're going to choose the games that they do that with. If there's a shit game that we know is coming out, they maybe will not add that to that program. Uh, but, you know, great. Yeah, Are you great. telling me that Barbie's Riding Horse Adventures 9 is not going to be included? Because I'm not trying it if not. No. I can't tell you anything on that one there. You just said, though, this is that's essentially what this is, right? So I can go buy Days Gone uh, physically, right? Mm-hmm. Try it out for two days. Bring it back if I don't like it. Keep my credit for the next one that comes out. Say, you know, whatever the next big game is. Try that one out. Do the same thing with that one. Maybe I like it. Instead of keeping it, though, you can use your GameStop credit to buy... PlayStation, like, gift cards? So... <laughs> not not PlayStation anymore. <laughs> yeah, you can. They still have the PlayStation card. They, you just can't buy the game codes. Oh, you can buy PSN credit. Okay. Right, yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm going to do from here on out. If I see a game that I'm kind of, you know, on the fence about, I will buy it at GameStop physically. I mean, I'll have to blow the dust off my disk drives, but I'll, sh- <laughs> I'll shove it in there, you know, let the plane take off on the PS4 Pro. <laughs> Uh, see how it runs, and then you know, if I don't like it, I'll take it back, hold on to that credit for the next one that comes out, or if I do like it, I'll still return it and get my $60 in credit. This is like no, a win-win. You're, you're yeah. exactly right. It, it's almost, I mean, if you want to go through the effort of going there repeatedly, right, it's like a free rental program. Right. Yeah, you can I mean, just rent, get brand new games for two days. Yeah, I'm not that far away from it. <laughs> you're going to be that guy, Dan. Be that you're guy. Be that guy. Right, listen. They're going to walk in and be like, I've got a PS4 Pro because of GameStop and their dumb promotions. So, yeah. Oh, the one that we all got like $800 credit on? The one I got like, yeah, no, I got like $1,400. The the one that put them in bankruptcy? That promotion? Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're posting $500 million losses. Yeah, that's totally me. That's a, you know, I don't know who's who's running that company, but (laughs) they're not accountants. I can tell you that much. Yeah. All right, <laughs> so we, uh, I don't even know, I don't have a segue for this one. We're moving on to uh, Konami's <laughs> Castlevania collection. <laughs> um, we talked about this previously. We now know all eight titles that are going to be in this, and here's the full list. I'll run through it real quick. Castlevania, Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest, Castlevania 2, Belmont's Revenge, Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse, Super Castlevania, which is part four, Castlevania The Adventure, Castlevania Bloodlines, and Kid Dracula. So eight games comes out May 16th for $19.99, and it is coming to Xbox, PS4, Switch, and PC. Um, in my opinion, guys, this is pretty cool. Um, I think uh, you know some of these haven't aged too well, but some of them, uh, particularly for me, Super Castlevania and Castlevania Bloodlines are great 16-bit Castlevanias. And the fact that uh, it's only $19.99 I think is really good. If this would have been $30, $40, I probably would have ignored it, but at $20, they're probably going to get me. And uh, this may be one as well I pick up on the Switch. Uh, for really fun 2D games to probably play on the go. Yeah, I think this is perfect for the Switch, man. Um, I've only played... i played the original in 2 and 3, I believe. Any of the NES ones. I haven't played it since then. Um, but there's a lot of Castlevania fans. This is a heck of a deal. I'm definitely going to pick this one up. Um, Su- it, Super it, is great. The SNES one, fantastic oh yeah. game. You say it is coming for the, for the Switch, yeah? It's yep, coming yep. for all three. All, all, oh yeah, for sure. All consoles, NPC, yep. coming everywhere. Yep. yep, definitely getting it. Yeah, I was excited to see it. I, unfortunately, one of my favorite games from PlayStation is not present, but I think they're going for the older games. If you notice, it doesn't get any newer than the Genesis and SNES. So uh, cool to see. If you like the Castlevania series, if you're a huge fan of the series, buy it. Otherwise, you know, take a look at the reviews. I mean, it's we know what the games are, but you know, it, it's cool to see it there. Yep. So, staying on the Switch for a second, uh, Joker has launched in Super Smash Brothers, 
And, um, you know, a lot of people loving it. Um, this is one of those really hyped up things for why you're already laughing. He's already laughing. Yeah, I was, I'm, tr I'm trying to be positive, trying to be positive. Yeah. So this is one of those huge things that I know Smash Brothers fans, especially Persona fans, were excited about. Um, as I said before, I'm, I'm, this misses me somehow, but I wanted to put it out to you guys on uh, have you tried them, have you played it? Um, what are your thoughts? Um, so... I have not played it yet because I've been stuck on other games. I will probably be taking it on my trip with me to on a business trip I have coming up and checking it out. I mean, I'm a huge Persona fan. It's cool to see Joker there. It's They've made a lot of other improvements to the game aside from just Joker being present, so that's cool there. He comes with a stage as well. They've added spirits in the game for you to get from the Persona series as well. And I was surprised at how deep of a character he is because you can use the Personas that he summons, and he's got a lot of special moves that is very loyal to the game as well. So very excited to see it. I have not played it, so I can't comment too much on it, but it's it's super detailed and stuff that's coming out. Check out our site if you want to see the video and everything else they've done to the game, too. It's Joker. So there's that. <laughs> I don't know, man. Listen, I, I haven't played since, like, almost launch, and I I let my kids... My kids love it, so they, they've been playing the crap out of it. I came back to it about two or three weeks ago and I had almost every single character unlocked I was like what is happening all right now I can play a little bit more but um I mean this is great for Persona 5 fans or Persona fans um, and you know I'd love to see some some you know still want to see Banjo It'd be awesome to see like a some kind of rendered you know like Master Chief or I will take anything at this point. You know, it, it'd be nice to, you know, any more characters you can put in there, you know, better. Except for Piranha Plant. He can suck it. So. I don't think they do Chief, but if they do Banjo like some of the rumors were, I'd actually pick the game up. I think I said that before. Yep. Um, lastly, closing us out here. So Netflix Witcher series, a series that we're all very hyped for. Uh, well, I don't know why I'm speaking for you guys. I'm very hyped for it. Um, was announced by Netflix's CCO that um, is coming this fall. So uh, not long off now. Um, likely September, October. So really, really pumped for this. And they released a new image of... Um, why is his name? Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill, thank you. Um, in the makeup with the white hair. And uh, it looks, looks pretty solid. So pumped for this one. I yep. can't wait. I just want to see that first trailer. We'll see what it looks like. I mean, I can't comment too much on that. Netflix is either really hit on shows or very miss on shows. So please don't mess this up. Please, please, please. <laughs> I will second that, basically. That's, uh, I'm ready for it. All right. Got a couple uh, couple rumors that came out. Um, so first is Ninja Theory, um, Hellblade Creators. Um, their new title from what has been rumored just this week is actually a title that has been bouncing around the studio internally for going on five years now. And uh, some details about it uh, are that it's story focused, but it's a four player co-op game. It focuses a lot on melee combat and has to do with an invasion of Earth. So almost like a sci-fi thing where you will go to six unique locations or worlds and you'll fight on multiple levels in each of them. Uh, with a level being somewhere in the range of 90 minutes long uh, with a boss fight at the end and uh, it's being coded in Unreal Engine 4. That's about all that's been leaked so far. Uh, the reason I bring this up as something just completely not um, you know not completely to be dismissed is uh, a couple of the guys uh, on Twitter such as uh, Jess Corden and others commented that uh, this is pretty accurate to the mark of what they've heard as well and that we may see this at E3. So Kind of interesting here when you think about Ninja Theory and the success of Hellblade and how critically acclaimed that game was. I know we all loved it. Um, kind of strange that their first game afterwards as part of Microsoft Studios or Xbox Studios now um, would be a four-player co-op game based on melee combat. It seems a little odd, but i um, interested to see what this may become. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll go. <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> um, yeah, I just hope it's not for honor, basically. Um, I, I, I tried that game, and it wasn't bad. I just I could not get into it. I didn't even try the single-player stuff, and I was just like, man, this is rough. I just don't want it to be something crazy like that. But it sounds cool. I mean, I love co-op games. Um, I just hope, you know, for me, it's going to come down to the gameplay mechanics and, you know, just how it controls and... Uh, 
Hellblade was awesome. I mean, it was one of my favorite games uh, this gen. So I'm putting my trust in Ninja Theory. I mean, they've been they've done it. It's been six years. They they've been working on it. Uh, so five years. They said six years. One by the time it launches next year is the oh, by the time it launches. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy. So I mean, it should be. I mean, pretty fleshed out, I would think, by now. So I'm interested to see what it is. Um, looks, it sounds cool, I guess. Could this be the sequel to Kung Fu Chaos? Stop it. Do not get me excited. <laughs> Stop getting me excited. No, I, I think it's... Been waiting uh, for 20 years. <laughs> it's four-player, you know, four-player split-screen, I guess. And, and, well, actually, it wasn't split-screen. It was all on one screen. All on one but, screen, because yeah. you had the director in the top member <laughs> shouting right. at you the whole time. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've been burned with rumors like crazy in the last couple of years. I, I hope there's some validity to this. As you mentioned, some of the insiders have said that this is pretty close to what it's going to be. I really want to see what Ninja Theory brings to the table. As we know, they're amazing at telling stories. I've never really looked at Ninja Theory and been like, wow, this is the gameplay that needs to be there. So I'm not too exci- uh, too com- concerned about gameplay. I more want to see what their, their product and the stuff they've been working on for a while. I was hoping for an Enslaved 2. Uh, but that looks like it's not going to be that. Um, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm excited either way to see anything from this new developer. Yeah, me too. Um, funny thing, I don't, I don't know if you guys played it. I know I've talked about it briefly before, but what this sounds most like is uh, Warhammer Vermintide. Um, that is a game based around melee combat. It's four-player co-op. It's story-driven. There's multiple locations with levels in each of them that take 60 to 90 minutes each, and there's a boss fight at the end. So really kind of strange that this all... Uh, lined up in that same vein and that's a fun game but uh not really what i expect to see out of ninja theory so i don't know we'll see and then just today <clears throat> as of this recording anyway brad sam's a guy who talks a lot about microsoft stuff frequently has mentioned that 343 is um working on some variation not what you would see out of fortnite or apex but some variation on the battle royale formula uh, in Halo Infinite, and that there is possible or likely that we will see a new trailer of Halo Infinite at E3 that will uh, kind of point this out a little bit. And so I think we all expect that uh, we'll see Halo Infinite at E3. I mean, that's almost a given, but it would be kind of interesting if uh, they highlight some of this new multiplayer mode. I'm really interested in this. I know a lot of hardcore Halo fans. You know, I, I, I'm kind of part of that community, and I, I read a lot of that stuff. A lot of them do not want Battle Royale. Um, but at the same time, I think it's such a good game mode if it was done right and if they implement it, you know, I would say properly, correctly, whatever word, um, and really put some thought into it and some new dynamics, um, I think it could be really good. Um, Halo has that base already with all the different weaponry and the vehicles and the huge landscapes. It's already kind of set up for it. You just got to add some new wrinkles. So um, we'll see what they bring. Yeah, I just want to see what it is as well. I mean, we're, <clears throat> we're speculating at best here. There's a lot of rumors that come out from it. The Microsoft team and um, 343 hopefully are doing something good with this. I don't want to see just another basic Battle Royale come out. Maybe something closer to like what Firestorm kind of brought to the table, which was definitely different. But I think it'd be cool to see, you know, Spartans running around or, you know, um, ODST folks that you start out with and you could call in a Spartan or something. That'd be really cool. The world is there for it. I just want something unique and not just a recycled Battle Royale mode. Think about Battle Royale games, so... I mean, even if it is. Yeah, Halo, I was gonna I say mean, your battle royale, yeah. Halo multiplayer, not really your thing. I mean, Dan. literally, yeah, going the complete <laughs> opposite direction. <clears throat> All right, so we'll move on to what we're currently playing, then, guys. Um, I'll go last because I'm gonna uh, kind of give our review discussion of Sekiro after that. But let's let's hear from you guys, Dan. What have you been playing? Uh, mostly Division Two. Um, I'm slowing down a little bit. I've been kind of shifting over more to uh, MLB 19. Got traded to the damn Yankees last night. I saw I you got traded wrong. last night. It was on yeah. uh, ESPN I mean, The Ocho was, last night. I was doing good. <laughs> I, I wasn't doing bad. I mean, I was doing pretty good. I think I was like 3-1. and one. I had just gotten called up to the Cubs, who are my favorite team. Um, been a Cubs fan since I was a baby. And so I was like, man, this is it was super surreal. I was like, okay, I don't know why I'm so into this. It's almost like a weird RPG kind of thing. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm pitching at Wrigley Field. This is so cool. Because um, you put in a lot of work. You really do from when you start, you know, you got to play maybe 100 games. or You know, it's, it's a, lot of, a lot of games. Um, so when I got there, I played like five games. 
And then they called me in the office. He's like, yeah, we're turning to the Yankees. I'm like, who the <laughs> hell do you guys think you are? Do you know who I am? I mean, gee, man, I just pitched a damn near perfect game. I gave up a one hit, nine innings. And this is what you're doing. This is making sense. <laughs> Yankees have that, they have that, that checkbook. They just put out their deep pockets and bought right. you. Yeah, <clears throat> the Yankees, man. I don't even know if I'm gonna keep going. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I've been I play a little bit of the Messenger, which is basically Ninja Gaiden, and it's super fun. Nice little eight-bit uh, throwback, you know, side-scrolling, fantastic game. I'm loving it. Um, I'm kind of stuck at a boss fight. I really thought it'd be harder than it was. I mean, it's hard at times, but. There's a there's a, I'm stuck right now so it's definitely getting harder um, but it's super fun it's a nice little quick game that you know I I heard a lot about that I really want to try out and uh, I really really enjoying it and I played a little what, bit what, what platform oh, are you playing that on oh that's on the Switch I I just bought it on the Switch anything like that I'm just you know if it's not going to be like graphic intensive I'll get it for the Switch you know so I can take it with me and you know be portable stuff like that I've got Celeste for it um, and so I, I've got all these games that I want to get to and try out. I just, you know, I'm not going to waste the the processing power of the X when I can, you know, instead take it with me if I go on a trip or something like that. So that's a weird way to think maybe. I don't know. No, that's smart. Just like weird that. head. I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I play a little bit of the, the new, the insider stuff for Sea of Thieves. Um, the tall tales started without us, didn't you? Well, I tried to get yeah. you to come on last night. You're like, I'm too tired. Mm-hmm. Rah, rah, rah. So <laughs> I was, I was tired. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. So I played a little bit. I didn't get too much into it. I think what they're doing, from what I can see, is they're kind of you know there's several parts to the whole thing. You know, it's a very big you know spanning. Yeah, adventure. I think there's there's nine nine quests or missions right. or whatever. So I think they're just doing like one at a time and kind of working through the bugs on each one. And you're supposed to, you know, provide your feedback and stuff. Um, it's definitely, you know, Sea of Thieves, and I forgot how awesome that game looked. Uh, how much fun it is just to mess around. Um, I, I basically played, uh, <clears throat> you know, for an hour or two, and it's it's tough too. I mean, you you know, it's it's a lot more riddles, and you know, it's not very, you know, it doesn't hold your hand by any means as far as where you're supposed to go and stuff. You kind of have to figure all that stuff out. But um, I want to get on there with you guys and try some of that out. I'm down. Um, so I have been in a weird gaming, I guess, slump with games to play. There's, You think there's a ton to play out there, but a lot of the big games for me are just not for me. So I've gone into the backlog. I started Ghost Recon Wildlands, and um, I tried that game a few times, didn't care for it. Maybe I just wasn't in that mode or something, but I really enjoy it now. Um, I'm about 25 hours into it now, and it's starting to get into that Ubisoft weird grind mode where it's the same thing over and over and over, just different locations. It happens in Assassin's Creed, it happens in Division, it happens in uh, Advanced Warfare games. I mean, it's all kind of there, and I'm at that mode now. And the game seems to be just massive. I actually went to go look to see how long it takes to beat the game, and they said if you just literally shoot through it with the main missions and nothing side, you're looking at around 25 to 30 hours. If you're a completionist, you're somewhere in the 80-hour mark, and it feels a lot like Odyssey felt, where there's just a lot of places with filler content, and you have to kind of just do that over and over. So I'm playing that, and I'm switching between that and Persona. So I told myself I'm going to focus on these two. The unfortunate thing is they're both like 80, 90-hour games. So um, unfortunately with Persona, you can't really get in there and do something for 10 minutes. There's a little longer in between save points. So with Ghost Recon, I can get in there, do a few little things, and it auto-saves, and it's multiplayer. It's actually a really great game. I wish I played more of it when it first came out and there was a bigger community, but there's still a ton of people playing it, so there's no lack of multiplayer in that game. So I really enjoy it. If you haven't played it, check it out. Nice. So I've been, um, I finally finished Sekiro, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I picked up The Witcher Tales Thronebreaker. I think I mentioned that last week. I just bought it, if I recall, last time we spoke. Um, but I've played it for a couple hours this week, and I uh, really like it. It's um, it's interesting. It's it's It feels like one of those old PC RPGs, like isometric, where you walk around and you read conversations and you upgrade stuff. Um, and then the combat is done through Gwent. Um, the only thing that's really throwing me off is it's another variation of Gwent. So it's... <laughs> It, it plays the same as Gwent, except for like there's different cards and different functions and the way things function is different than The Witcher 3 and the Gwent card game. So it's like there's almost like three variations of Gwent. Um, 
but the art style is beautiful and uh I'm, I'm just enjoying it it's got that really solid soundtrack you know from witcher 3 it's got some of the shared songs and uh the writing's really good so anyway uh still playing some division 2 we've talked ad nauseum about that so i won't stay on it and then i got invited to play the gears pop mobile game um so I've been playing that. I've actually put a little bit of time in it just to see what it's like. And uh, if you're kind of wondering, it's uh, very like a tower defense, except for it's like a versus game. So you're playing one-on-one. -on -one. It matchmakes you against another real person, um, unless they're bots. I, they seem like real people. And um, you have like a, a, a group of um, locust or cog that you can pull from. And you, you, know, you put them out in the field and they have to advance and destroy the other uh, towers on the other side. And as you, uh, you gain crates and you can level up your guys like Marcus and, you know, everything you know from Gears of War is there. So it's kind of cool. Um, I don't play mobile games hardly at all, but um, I am having a little bit of fun with this one. We'll see if I stick with it. So, <clears throat> all right, guys, let me talk about Sekiro. Um, review, by the time you listen to this, the review will be up on the site. Um, from a conversational standpoint, the, the written review is a little longer because I had a lot to say around why I think there's some issues with the game. So I think from this conversation, um, I will just highlight some of those issues um, so that we can chat about it. And I know, Dan, uh, you haven't played it, but I know Bert did for at least for a little bit. Um, and I think uh, having played some of the other From games, you may echo some of the things I say. So first and foremost, if you've heard that this game is more accessible or easier than the other From games, don't believe it. Um, it is a very difficult game and very, very challenging. Um, <clears throat> the, you can tell that it uses the same engine as the other From games and has a very similar look and feel and all the mechanics of the world, the cryptic nature of the quests, um, having to find things on your own. All of that is exactly what you expect from a From game. Um, where it differs is really in the combat and movement. So the game is much faster, you know, being the Shinobi, your movement is much quicker. You can grapple up as you've seen in the videos and the combat is really, um, meant to replicate sword battles. And I think in that vein, it does it very, very well. In fact, once you get better at the game and you get uh, used to the timing and the rhythm, some of the sword battles you'll have with the later enemies are really like almost movie-like. Uh, you know, they just feel kind of incredible when you pull it off correctly. So in that sense, um, I think they did a really good job. But where I think they missed the mark in a, in a number of areas is, <clears throat> one, they added, um, you know, aerial grappling and sneaking to this game. And the sneaking um, AI, the AI in the enemies is so dated um, almost genera generations old now um, in that it's very similar to games like Metal Gear Solid and things of that nature. So you have your standard thing where enemies will spot you. If they spot you long enough, they'll come hunting for you. And if they fully spot you, they'll chase after you. But the thing is, is all you need to do is run backwards or grapple somewhere and they reset. And they'll wander right back to their standard location, almost stand in the exact same spot. Um, and then you can just start over again and you can sneak attack them. Um, in fact, I even kind of played around with it just because I'm interested in this sort of thing. And I even had some mini bosses where I would tether them. I would pull them way out of the location and they would reach like a, an invisible wall to where they would step to a spot and then they wouldn't go any further. And they would like almost like robots start backing up, just walking backwards um, without any awareness to where I was. So I could literally then just walk behind them and smack them a bunch of times. Um, so kind of bizarre. I think some of that programming... Um, might have been like a new thing for From, and they just, it compared to some modern games, it's very poor. Um, especially when you play games like The Division 2, where that those AI will put pressure on you nonstop. I mean, they're all over you. Um, <clears throat> another thing that I think, uh, real quick, guys, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I said it all in most of my written review, and then you guys can ask me some questions. But where I think it really took a step backwards is there's no character building in this game in the sense of, you know, you play as Wolf, um, you know, Sekiro, and you have his sword, so there's no additional weapons, there's no additional armor, there's no stat points. Um, the only thing you have are vitality, posture, and attack power. And the only way to increase any of those three things, to increase your attack power, you have to kill major bosses, and to attack your, or increase your vitality and posture, you have to kill minor bosses. 
And the problem is, as maybe Bert will allude to here, is that if you're struggling with this game, if you're one of those people that's not huge into From games and you're struggling from a challenge perspective, in the other From games, you could farm the easy enemies and gain experience and then level up, level up your weapons, level up your character, and eventually get strong enough to where you could easily overcome the next set of enemies. In this game, you can't do that because the XP you get from killing enemies is for skill points, and all skill points do in this game or unlock new moves or um, um, you know uh, passive abilities. They don't actually increase your strength or your health. And so what that means is you can run up to a, a mini boss and if you get stuck on that mini boss or a couple mini bosses, you're, you're stuck. There, there's no outlet for you to get stronger to uh, overcome it. And I think that's really a step backwards and a, and a gap in the game's design. So, like I said, guys, I'll let you interject here. I've been talking for a while. I don't want to go on too long. I'm going to give the game um, a superb rating on our scale, which is around an 8. I know from a Metacritic perspective, this game is way up there in like the 92, 93 range. I think that is, um, I don't think the game deserves it. I think it has too many gaps. And um, I think also uh, one last point is that the environment design is not as good, not even close to Bloodborne. Bloodborne is incredible. Um, but I don't think it's as good as Souls 3 either. There's just the environments are not nearly as varied and uh, you don't feel as, um, it's not as fun to explore. There's not a, the same sense of discovery as there were in those games. So in many ways, I think it's a step backwards for From. Yeah, so I, I guess I'll go first, Ains. I mean, um, I, to your point, you know, Bloodborne and the Souls games, the, the world you play in is almost a character of itself, and you kind of see mm -hmm. things. I mean, are, are you kind of saying that this game doesn't have that? Like I said, I'm, I'm only about five hours into it. This is like a, your generic Japanese background? It, it feels like it. There's a, you know, there's a lot of those uh, Japanese... They do a great job with the style, right? Um, there's some beautiful vistas. There's some uh, really well-done style. But as you explore through the game, you know, you come across an abandoned dungeon and you come across some caves and then you eventually go to Fountainhead Palace, which is probably the most beautiful place in the game, but many won't see it because it's near the end, um, <clears throat> which well, we might touch on. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I, I actually started watching because I was questioning myself and I started watching a Let's Play series that I love of Bloodborne again. And as I'm watching it this week, while I'm writing the review, I'm just watching that. I'm like, oh my god, man, Bloodborne. It's just incredible, right? The architecture and the hidden pass and the just everything about that game's design is incredible. And Sekiro just didn't even come close to matching that for me. And um, the other thing is, is with Bloodborne and Souls, because you're fighting creatures and all these sorts of various things, right? The enemy variety is huge. You're always facing, every corner has the potential for some new, different kind of cool enemy in those games. Um, <clears throat> in Sekiro, you've got a very, very repetitive enemy uh, counters. You've got these really basic guys. There's an archer, there's a swordsman, there's an axeman. Um, and then you have the mini-bosses. And some of the mini-bosses, by the time you finish the game, there are several, well, I won't say several, but there's at least three or four mini-bosses that you will fight the same variation of three times. Um, two, maybe three, if I'm remembering correctly, of the major bosses, you fight twice. Um, and there's only about 10 major boss fights in the game, and two of them are gimmicks, gimmick fights. So the variety is just, it's just not there. It doesn't give you that same sense of, like I said, discovery or exploration that the uh, that Souls 3 and um, Bloodborne did for me. Yeah, I've played zero of these Souls games to any, <laughs> you know, substantial extent. Um, did you get gooder as you played? <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yes, I did. Um, okay. I did get the right. timing down, and it, it takes a while. And But, again, it leads to another one of my complaints, which I didn't even touch on, be super fast. And Bert will, I think, echo this because we talked about it, is that the game wants you to have sword combat. And by parrying and attacking and parrying and attacking, it's it, that's what the game's combat is based around. The problem is, in all the other games, you have iframes. Iframes are movement of your character where you're invincible. And so when you dodge in the From games, um, typically you can dodge, you know, attacks and get around behind people or, you know, make them miss and then attack like a counterattack. In this game, it wants you to parry and it wants you to attack. And so what I found was, and like I said, I've gone through the entire game here, especially with some mini bosses and especially with some of the major bosses, 
they kind of remove the iframes and there's a lot of lock on by the enemies. So you, like an enemy will swing at you and you'll dodge and you'll be 30 degrees to his right and he'll spin and still hit you. Um, we, we were joking about one of the ogres in the game, you know, you'll dodge almost nearly behind him and he'll jump in midair and spin around and grab you. Now we have it on and, video. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I have clip and I have other clips which are just ridiculous. Stuff where like a sword, a guy will swing his sword in front of him and I'll be behind him and my guy will get knocked over and hurt. And <clears throat> that's just frustrating. That's not fun, right? That's that's not fun for the player that you've coded the game so that you've removed um, the iframes so that you have to play the game a certain way. And I comment on that in my review as well. Yeah, as, as you mentioned, I'll echo it, and I, I do. I mean, that's that was my biggest issue with Sekiro, is that you have to play it the way it forces you to play. You can't play it a different way, your own way. You can't throw variety in there. You have to beat certain people certain ways. That drove me insane. So it's shelved. It's in the backlog for 2035. <laughs> and you know what I found most ironic about that is if you look on the box of the game, it actually says kill ingeniously. And it's like, well, you don't allow me to do that, so I guess I'll just have to play it the way you want me to play it. Um, the only thing that adds variety, really, are the prosthetics. You get 10 prosthetics in the game. I unlocked all of them, used all of them. Um, but really, other than two or three, you don't have to use them. And really, on a lot of enemies, they don't do anything anyway. So, um, yeah, I, again, I won't keep going, guys. You can read my review. It'll be up on the site. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's a good game. You know, I'm glad I played through it, but at the same time, uh, I think it is uh, being rated too highly and people are overlooking the faults of the game because it's a From game, which is a whole other conversation we'll do at some other point. All right, guys, anything else from me on Sekiro? <clears throat> nope. nope. All right. Cool, let's have some fun then. Uh, name that game, and Dan, it is your turn, sir. All right. Bert, well, you want to go first or me go first? Go first since you're hosting. So. All right, let's do it. <clears throat> I like it. All right, guys. Um, in honor of last week, going with a slightly newer game, I'm going to do the same thing. Um, I'm hoping you guys played this. It's, you know, I played some of it. It's one of those games that I played and I've always wanted to get back to, but I can't now. And you'll understand why here in a second. So You're giving us, like, uh, free hints before we even start. Well, this is the hint. Released in 2008 <laughs> for Xbox 360 and PS3. And released in 2009 on Windows. That was my hint and my prior hint. <laughs> I don't know. There's, a, there's right. a free one. It's not backwards compatible. Okay. Wait, what, do you, what do you go say on, that it ahead, was man. backwards compatible? Is that what you just said, it's Dan? It's not. No. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's another hint. Freebie. Okay. I'm throwing it out there. I want to get you guys. I want you guys to get this by three. <clears throat> Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Oh, so later in the generation. Um, yeah, you're kind of well. You're kind of right there in the middle because you had two thousand five to two thousand thirteen. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's go to Dead Space. Nope. It better not be. Come on. It ain't gonna be that easy. <laughs> um, hey, I so don't know. I'm gonna go with just a random guess of a game I mentioned earlier in the bitcast, but is it Enslaved? I wish. I almost I thought about it, but no. <laughs> you so paused, much. Dan. I thought he got it. I was like, oh. No. All right. Thought about it. <clears throat> it. Alright. It was published by D3 Publisher. That's what they're called. And developed by Digital Extremes. Oof. Digital Extremes sounds familiar, but I'm not coming up with a game. Huh. It's still my guess, right, Ains? Comes back to Yeah, me. it's your guess. Your guess. Um, yep. doo -doo -doo. 2008. You liked it a lot. Uh, is it that Earth Defense 2040 or something, whatever? No. No. Oh. Okay. Hmm. Extreme. Oh god, man. I don't even have a guess right now. Huh. Hmm. I don't I don't even have a guess. This is uh, I mean god, Xbox 360, you think I'd have a million guesses. I don't even have one. Um Dark Souls. Yes, no. 
<laughs> what was that right. again? So last week I got this on what three? Yep. Right. Yeah, you did. You gave me some 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 uh, voice actor stuff. So I'm gonna do the same for you guys, and hopefully this helps. So some of the characters were voiced by several B-list actors. I mean, B-list is subjective, but pretty much <laughs> B-list. Uh, Jurgen Prochnow. All right, Dwight Schultz, Michael Rosenbaum. Dwight Schrute. No, not Schrute. That's the guy from the fucking office. Schultz. Dwight Schultz. I know Michael Rosenbaum. I don't know any of those other people at all. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, you know the other two. You just can't put the name and the characters they played. I can give those to you because they're really not. So Jurgen Prochnow was Duke Leto Atreides in Dune. You know what I'm talking about? I have a guess, but I'm going to wait for you. He's also the bad guy in, I think, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Dwight Schultz was Murdoch in the A-Team. Oh, man. The (laughs) A-Team. Wow. All right, let's go with... um, Certainly not going to get it still, but... um, No, that is backwards compatible, so that's not even a good guess. Actually, you're going to be 100%. Hold on, wait a minute. I don't even know if it's backwards compatible. I'm pretty sure it's not. What are you doing? I don't know. I just, I just assumed it wasn't. Oh, I thought Hold you on. were getting up to go do something. My fault. No. Uh, I'm leaving. Let's go with... Uh, off. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't have a clue. Let's go with Dead Island. No. Uh... This is a random guess in the dark, but I think it's not... Uh, Compatible with the DC Universe Online? No. Hmm. I actually played that on PS3. Or 4. 4? 4. Okay. Hmm. Next clue. Alright. Next clue. Hold on real, real quick. Hold on. Wait a second. I am going to look at something for you guys to make sure I'm not lying. Because I don't want to give you it's, like the wrong... There's, there's like 500 backwards compatible games. Yeah, but I, I can look it up. I can look it up in, in fucking two seconds here. Hold on. Make a huge difference, I don't think. All right, cool. We're good. I was right. So when development began, this is number four, it was originally supposed to be a multiplayer first-person shooter. It's actually a follow-up to Unreal Tournament. It eventually morphed into a third-person shooter four years later that was compared to Gears of War in its functionality. Oh, shit. Oh, I can see the game playing now. See it. See it, boys. Uh, Is it on for you? Is it my guess? Yes, it is. Is it is a dark sector? Yes! <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Four. Yeah. Nice job, Bert. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yes. You know, the that is uh those are some good me. clues. Those those are fair clues to an extent too. Those are nice. Yeah. Thank when you. you said compared to Gears of War, it, it jumped out. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I, I immediately remember those remembered comparisons. Yeah. See, yeah, I would, yeah, that, and I think it was, uh, they compared it to one more game, it was on the Wikipedia. Here's the rest of the clues, real quick. Originally set in a sci-fi environment, it changed to a fictional satellite country of the Soviet Union. Uh, you play as a CIA cleanup man infected with a techno-virus, you probably, would have probably got it from there. Uh, when in close proximity to the enemies, you can use finishers to end their lives. For this reason, the general, uh, and the general amount of violence, it was initially banned in Australia. Um, it is known, or it's known, or the original. Wait a minute, hold on. Okay, I don't even know what the hell I wrote on this one. Hold on, here's another one. It includes multiplayer modes: infection, which is like a one versus everybody, and then epidemic, which is two of the Haydens, who are the main characters, uh, to kill each other. And the main character is Hayden Tenno, and his main weapon is a glaive that he can form any time with his infective arm. <laughs> And various uses, including absorbing elements for puzzles and finishing moves. The other one, let's see. Oh, it's known for uh, as being the considered the spiritual successor. The original, when it was originally done in like 2000, uh, spiritual successor to Warframe, also a uh, digital extremes huh. game. Wow! So, yeah. pretty cool. cool pretty stuff. cool. I actually Stop never it. played it. I just I just knew it because I remember the comparisons to Gears. I played. I I even tried the online mode, which was horrible. A little bit of it, and I really liked it. <laughs> and I couldn't. I can't play it anymore because I have no 360. Ah, uh, so it makes me sad. Well, there you go. All right, good job, Bert. 
And Bert thank takes you, the lead. I was just looking at our history here. Bert now has six correct guesses to our five each, Dan. So Killing still close. It, Bert. No, no one's pulling ahead. But uh, Bert takes the That's lead. Good, so, all right, good episode, guys. Episode fifty-four in the books. A um, few things coming up from us. So, uh, Dan, this what last week, Dan? You got the uh, the new Astro. What's the number on it? A forty something. C forty. Controller for the PlayStation 4, and he's going to be reviewing that for us. So look for that video this week, most likely midweek around Wednesday. Uh, we did. We are taking a week off of backseat gaming. Uh, we had some family issues this week. We have some uh, Easter and some other stuff going on. So we're taking a week off. Look for us to return to little nightmares next week. And like I said, um, you can read my full Sekiro review on the site. Otherwise, as always, um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Anything else before we head out? Yeah, I'm going to be doing a giveaway um, coming this week, so I'll probably put it up tomorrow, or I keep thinking today, Saturday, uh, on Sunday, uh, depending on when you're listening, but it will be for a Bionic Quick Shot kit for the Xbox One controller, so if you're interested in that, take a look at that. All you're going to need to do is subscribe to, um, not subscribe, follow Season Gaming on Twitter and follow me, and that's all you have to do. Have it mailed out to you by Friday of next week is when that's ending, so it's going to be a quick one-weeker. So nice. get the word I out. I win. Yep. Hope I win. I'm sure you do. I'm, I'm already following both, so I'm entered. Mm-hmm. Yep. Me too. <laughs>